Ideas are everywhere. Welcome to Lessons Learned in Marketing, the Phoenix Group Podcast. My name is Kevin Hayes and I'll be your host for today. In this episode, we're going to talk about social media monitoring and why you should care about it. We're going to be speaking with Cam Steed, who is a seasoned vet in the industry, who's going to talk about how to implement monitoring into your own business and how companies like Lysol have used monitoring to gain a competitive edge. This is a really fun podcast. You're going to love it. So Cam, who are you and what do you do? <laughs> uh, so I'm Cam Steed. Uh, I've worked in the media monitoring space for about 10 years now. Started out in uh, traditional advertising and moved into the online space and then media monitoring uh, about eight years ago. Uh, I've worked f- uh, as a product specialist with uh, Sysimos, Cision, but then also as a consultant uh, and CEO of my own company, Smashed Advocates. And uh, what we try and do, and what I try and do professionally, is help people make sense of what people are saying about them online and in traditional media. Why would a company care to monitor social media? Yeah, that's the big question. Uh, It's not an essential service. It's something that companies have been able to survive without doing for, you know, decades, if not hundreds of years. Um, But in this day and age, with the prevalence of online content to the tune of roughly 4 billion pieces of online content alone produced every, every day, um, companies are starting to realize that the online and traditional media m- networks are a great source for things like product feedback, uh, consumer complaints, research and development, uh, customer service, as well as competitive monitoring. Um, why a brand should care is the big question. And what I always try and do is reverse engineer that question to say, what is it you would like to learn more about when it comes to your business or your customers? Um, are you trying to serve them better? Are you trying to understand what they like or don't like about your product? Are you trying to promote your product or advertise? Are you trying to create brand awareness? And depending on how they answer that question, um, a suitable media monitoring strategy can be developed. Interesting. And if a company is getting to the media monitoring space right now, this is perhaps the first they've heard of it. Can you explain what social media monitoring is, what it actually monitors, and how the whole thing works? Yeah, absolutely. So media monitoring is a big term, and it can... it, it can be in reference to any number of different things that you're doing um, on a day-to-day basis. And it's most basic concept. Media monitoring is essentially capturing the publicly user-generated content that is published every moment of every day by people either on social media, the web, magazines, newspapers, radio, television, so on and so forth. Um, and you're, you're basically monitoring for any mention of a keyword or phrase, a brand name, an organizational name, spokespeople, really any topic you can think of. And different networks provide varying degrees of content that adhere to that. But basically what most businesses are trying to do is tap into or capture the content that they feel will help them to make uh, more strategic and intelligent business decisions. Right. And if I buy a tool, specifically talking about social media monitoring, um, as you mentioned, there also is traditional media monitoring. Um, If I'm using a tool uh, to monitor whatever I'm looking to monitor online, uh, what 
do I have access to? What kind of information and content, user-generated content, do uh, can I see? Yeah, it varies by network, and it really is a spectrum. Uh, on the one hand, purely looking at social media networks, uh, on the far, maybe left side, you have a company like Twitter. Uh, Twitter has what they call their API Twitter Firehose. And what that allows companies uh, like a sprinkler or Sysimos or Crimson Hexagon or Simply Measured or Hootsuite, what allows them to do is have unbridled access to 100% of the content that is posted by users on Twitter. Literally every single tweet posted every moment of every day can be purchased and then fed via an API into a media monitoring platform like the ones I've mentioned. And by doing so, you will literally have access to every single tweet published. The other hand, on the other far right-hand side of that spectrum is a, a, a network like LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a very closed and very private network. Even on LinkedIn, if I want to see, you know, Kevin, your own information, we have to be mutually accepted friends first before I can even view, uh, you know, most of your content. The privacy nature of that network means that when it comes to user-generated content, there's next to nothing. And for that reason, LinkedIn is a very difficult network monitor. The same can be said for Pinterest. The same can be said for Snapchat. Falling somewhere in between, you have the likes of YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Three networks that give you access to some of their user-generated content. Again, that's publicly available but not necessarily 100%. It is a sliding scale. So any company, if you're looking into media monitoring software that tells you they can capture 100% of any content from a network other than Twitter, is straight up lying to you. And I guess when you're looking at online uh, monitoring, media monitoring, we're talking about social media, but this really extends into forums, uh, news, blogs, and all anything that's available on the internet can be monitored more or less uh, that has uh, open access is that right correct as long as it's open access so as a forum site like reddit open access i can go on most reddit forums right now and see that content so that content is for many monitoring networks or monitoring companies generally available uh, it comes with a cost that company has to buy that data but fundamentally it is public and open so you can see it uh, there are private networks though and companies that require firewalls the wall street journals online is a great example um, if you want to see anything on wsj.com you have to pay to do it. And for that reason, they don't make their, their content or their articles available to monitoring companies uh, like Sprinkler and Sysimos and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, it's always a varying degree. The, the goal is, as I said a few minutes ago, to capture as much relevant content as possible. And it ties into a misconception, I think, that, that comes with the concept of media monitoring, whether it's social, or web, or traditional. And that's that you're trying to get every single mention possible collected into your account. In my experience, there are very few companies that have the resources or bandwidth to be able to benefit from capturing every single mention, aside from being able to say, this is to the best that we can tell the total amount of content that was produced about us today or this week or this right. month. But the really effective companies doing media monitoring well are the ones that go into it with a little bit more strategy and a little bit more of a deliberate purpose. Um, and we can spend some time talking about some of the companies that I've encountered that do this. But but that is, I would argue, maybe the biggest difference between the basic concept of media monitoring and trying to get as much as you can and using it as a tactical tool. 
That's an interesting point that you raise about the internal resources. Uh, I think in my experience, actually I know in my experience, one of the most purchased items that is the most not used is media monitoring. And the idea of it sounds great and the implementation of it uh, is fairly easy, but the long-term execution and feedback loops and uh, resources required to leverage the content that comes out of social media monitoring is not something that most organizations are prepared for. And I, I think that's partially is because they buy before putting together a strategy. And also, I don't think a lot of organizations uh, maybe understand how to organize that quantity of, of data. So first, uh, could you talk a little bit about the difference in the free tools like Google Alerts and um, maybe the lower end cost tools like Hootsuite or Sprout Social and then the difference between that and, and a high end tool that um, like Crimson Hexagon which will cost several thousand bucks a month I believe and uh, some of those other tools. What What is the benefit of, of free, cheap and cheerful and full on paid for an organization? That's a great question and you've touched on something that I think almost every company or at least marketer that I've encountered has at one time or another experienced. They've, they've been you know, sold a product or a concept for media monitoring, whether it's through a paid or a free tool that they feel is going to be um, you know, critically important to the success of their brand. But I had a boss that used to say that a subscription to a media monitoring piece of a piece of media monitoring software was like a gym membership. You're going to get out of it what you put into it, and if mm. you spend a lot of time using it, you're going to see the benefits. But I would say that when it comes to the the, the software that's available out there, I like to think of them as tools. Uh, and the example that I like to go to is that if you want to build a house, you have to know going into it that you're trying to build a house. And once you have the goal in mind, you then have to develop the strategy or the blueprint on how you're going to do that. And one of those steps will involve the tools the materials, the manpower, the labor, and the time that will be required to go from nothing to a house. Media monitoring is the tool. And so if you don't know going into this that you're trying to build a house, how will you know of the hundreds of thousands of tools that are available at your local hardware store, which ones are going to be the right ones to help you ultimately achieve your objective? And so for that reason, I find that with all of the different tools that are available, the number one best practice that a company or a marketer can do when considering whether or not to begin effectively even putting money or free uh, energy into finding a media monitoring tool is understand what they want to use it for. Right. Free tools like Google Alerts, um, inexpensive, you know, low-cost monthly tools like a Sprout, Social, or a Hootsuite are wonderful for basic media monitoring and engagement. The reason Sprout Social is, is relatively inexpensive at 100 bucks a month, more or less, is because as a as a, as, a, as a tool, as a platform, what it allows you to do is sync your social media channels to it and then from that day forward, monitor and engage and publish content directly to those own social properties. You cannot monitor brand conversations happening on Reddit. You can't see what your competitors are doing. It's a very focused but very nimble and powerful platform that's essentially for community management. So if your objective 
is to say, look, right now we have six different social media networks and we're having a hard time being everywhere at once. A tool like Sprout Social might make a lot of sense for you. It's a tool that's going to consolidate all six of those networks into one platform, one point of entry, one place to not only publish but also engage and also measure the activity that's happening on your social channels. But if you're a brand that wants to do competitive monitoring, for example, you're going to need software that will for one, allow you to monitor multiple topics or brands, two, allow you to capture a very high volume of content, almost unlimited content, so that you can be sure to capture everything that's gonna be of relevance to you. And then three, you're gonna want one that's gonna allow you some basic analytics functions that are gonna allow you to compare and contrast how different brands are being talked about and their sentiment and, and any other variable that you may have. Tools like that are more aligned with the sprinklers, the crimson hexagons, the decision cloud. Um, those are the platforms that would allow you to do something like that. But again, you have to know that competitive monitoring is the house you're trying to build and then pick the tools, dedicate the resources, find the time and make sure you have everything in place in order to do it to the best of your ability. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna finish by saying, and if one of those four key components is not aligned, chances are it's going to become something that you've paid for and never use, like my gym membership. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I pieced together uh, for my own uh, monitoring. Um, so I personally do a brand monitor of Kevin Hayes, and, uh, and then I do industry monitoring of uh, digital marketing, uh, and then I break that out into pieces um, around SEO and social media and uh, certain advertising uh, niches that I like to keep my eye on. And, uh, you know, for that, for me personally, uh, Feedly works great. Uh, I use Google Alerts. I use RSS feeds. I use... Um, I, I pump all those into Feedly and I use Slack for special alerts and, you know, so putting that machine together for me personally works great, uh, but I don't need to report to anybody. And some of the, uh, one of the advantages I've seen in, in paid tools is that it decreases the amount of manual work that has to happen. Uh, and so that means reports can be automated uh, and you can send automated reports up uh, the chain to your um, uh, directors and vice president and presidents um, and I find that automation in paid tools when you have a high volume of of things to monitor uh, is really where is what you're paying for is efficiency and delivery uh, and organization of uh, a bazillion mentions uh, does one local pizza shop need to spend five thousand bucks a month with uh, a monitoring tool uh, probably not but maybe a, a general electric might uh, find value in that um, can you talk a bit about um, uh, what strategy looks like when it comes to monitoring? Yeah, that, that's a that's another good question, and there are a few different ones that I think are the most common. Uh, the first is 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 brand awareness. Uh, there are a lot of companies out there that see social media as an inexpensive advertising medium that will allow them to promote their brand or their products or their uh, sales or. or discounts uh, for a relatively low cost and that's fine uh, that was one of the primary reasons that Facebook grew to its its success and, and its prominence is because brands started to realize that they could go there and fans could interact with them and it was an, an online community um, but it is that's that's going to be taking a fundamentally market 
market-driven tool, a market-driven strategy um, that's going to rely, that's going to require you to do things like measure impact and uh, and engagement and impressions against ad buys. There are not currently a lot of companies out there that will allow you to see that um, because ad buying is still a fundamentally economic transaction and that's private. Uh, Companies like Coca-Cola wouldn't want Pepsi to be able to buy from Facebook all the data pertaining to you know Coca-Cola's ad spends from the last year. Where did they target? How much did they spend? What what demographics are they going after? What were they promoting? That's critical competitive insight that Facebook has but doesn't make available to companies to buy. And so really when it comes to using social as a marketing tool, all you have is the ability to say, what did we spend? And against that spend, what did we see? Um, And that's fine, but you just would need software to do that. And chances are the in-suite software that's available on Facebook and then Twitter and then YouTube is going to give you that. Yeah, Um, you know, I... I find in the advertising world, I hear a lot, um, and I have heard over the recent years that, oh, you can't measure brand awareness, and it's really hard. If you if there's not a, a click to the website or a conversion, you can't measure it, and I don't agree with that, and this is where I think social media monitoring um, or online monitoring in general comes in really handy, uh, which is... We can, we can start to understand a little bit more about awareness and how our awareness strategy is working if we use monitoring. And so things like understanding share of voice, volume of mentions, uh, engagement, uh, amplification of your content, all these things uh, are important pieces when it comes to awareness that aren't measured by the traditional digital tactics uh, or sorry, uh, metrics uh, such as click-through rates and time on site and you know all the stuff that doesn't happen on your website which is a lot and a lot of conversions don't happen on your website those things can be measured uh, and be tied into your brand awareness strategy uh, by using social media monitoring tools yeah there are three great examples that I've heard that were kind of outside of the box concepts and, and I present these when I'm when I'm doing conference presentations because they're so impressive and uh, in in two cases I was fortunate to be directly involved with them and in one I was just blown away by the concept itself um, and the first one is through a, uh, a household cleaning brand I can name them because the, the, that is publicly available it was Lysol uh, about five or six years ago Lysol was you know doing their thing on social media they had a Facebook presence and Twitter and maybe a YouTube page promoting the brand and the benefits of using disinfecting wipes, for example. Um, but they wanted to use or, or, or develop a way to get a little bit more uh, bang for their social monitoring buck. And through ongoing discussions with them um, and their teams, we actually developed a way in which what we would do every week is produce a report looking at where geographically within, in this case, the United States, People had posted to Twitter talking about that they were getting the flu, had the flu, had come down with the flu, caught the flu, homesick with the flu, basically any way you could talk about cold and flu on Twitter. And what they would then do is week over week measure the percentage growth or decline of Twitter volumes related to the flu by geographic regions or specifically cities. And so they could very 
easily over a three or four week span see that in New York mentions related to flu and cold conversations had increased 68%. And what that would then do is trigger them to notify sales and product teams in that region to ensure that stock volumes were up to date in all their locations to make sure that any marketing communication was targeted in that region as a reminder that disinfecting wipes are a great way to stop the flu bug and really be a lot more strategic with the way in which they were distributing their product, but also their marketing collateral. Mm. That for two years then manifested itself into a Facebook widget and a widget, and then a standalone microsite called uh, Stop the this is like stop the bug or stop the flu.com. And it's now a real time live tracker that from September 1 to March 31st, the cold and flu season, you can go and see what regions in the United States have seen statistically significant increases in people reporting that they have the flu. And that's all driven by social data. You know, that's an example of an incredibly strategic plan but one that almost any brand could have done. Um, a, a company like uh, Western Digital, for example, yes, they can monitor conversations related to computer technologies, but uh, they could also look at people saying that their hard drives had just crashed, one of the most annoying and frustrating experiences for anybody that works with a computer. Um, if their hard drive or external hard drive stops working, Western Digital then has an opportunity, if they're monitoring, to directly write back to that person and say, you know, that sucks, losing your hard drive is terrible. Here are a few tips and tricks to try and restore it, or if you're absolutely unsuccessful in recovering your data, here's a 20% off code to save if you order on our website to, to get a brand new you know, one terabyte hard drive. Mm -hmm. And so that's a monitoring strategy that doesn't necessitate them to monitor their brand name or even um, you know, product mentions, but rather just generally social media mentions of people saying their hard drives got fried. Um, and that's a great way in which they can really benefit from having a tool that can capture all that information. Yeah. And then the last, that, and then the last example I'll say just before, because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going off here, is, um, is, is for customer service. Uh, there's an athletic apparel company that I've worked with that I think does social media maybe the best um, because they're using it in two ways. One side of the office is dedicated to producing wonderful content, really rich visuals, really impactful content, really forward-thinking stuff that uh, really can captivate the people that are following them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But the other side of the office is primarily customer service focused. They're looking actively not only for brand mentions, but they're also looking for people talking about exercise or running or yoga or paddleboarding or any sort of outdoor fitness activity. And they're looking for opportunities to join that conversation and say, hey, I noticed on Twitter you posted that you're doing a try a try this spring. Wanted to wish you the best of luck. And when you see that that's coming from a, a, an internationally recognized athletics brand, that's kind of cool. If I just tweeted, oh, I'm getting ready to do the, 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 the Toronto 10K, um, and, and then a company like Nike or Adidas or Lululemon or Under Armour writes you back and says, you know, wishing you the best of luck, that's kind of cool. And all they're doing is saying good luck or good for you for doing it. They're not trying to say, and wouldn't you look great doing it in a zip-down, windproof windbreaker. They're saying, you know, best of luck. We'll keep, we'll cheer for you. We'll, uh, and in some cases, even send you some product for free if they, if there's a positive exchange back and forth. So brands can use this for customer service, and it's not just customer service in terms of people complaining and want resolution. Um, 
and it's more about community building and trying to be a positive human influence on the market that you're actively in. Those are great examples. Thanks for sharing those. And one of the common threads in uh, at least the last two examples where um, you were talking about the uh, company sending out useful information to people whose hard drives have crashed and this uh, athletic company participating in people's lives as they're undertaking their sports activities. These sound like these companies have a good handle on social media anyway. And so those last two examples, actually all three examples, are really about how these companies use social to care more and be more meaningful to their company and that's when you start or sorry to their audience and that's when you really start to see uh people engage with a brand it's not the hey lysol it's it's not about oh hey your hard drive crash we we fix hard drives because quite frankly eight million people in the world fix hard drives and there's eight million choices to go for when it comes to athletic gear uh, but being thoughtful and caring about your audience caring about your audience better than other people care about your audience is really what social is all about and then using tools to monitor those conversations or find opportunities to care more deeply about your audience is really what is the foundation of a social strategy and how monitoring can um, amplify your ability uh, to execute on a strategy yeah people there was a great quote i heard once and that said people would rather talk to verizon melissa than verizon Yeah, and and it's true. Uh, Social media is about being social and whether you're monitoring or just using it for marketing I think it is important to be human to be honest and to be transparent. Uh, I'll be totally honest with you yesterday uh, Just yesterday the March Madness 2018 March Madness basketball tournament started and one of the exclusive carriers of the um, You know of the broadcast rights is TSN TSN has five channels and you know a great website with a lot of rich video quality but unfortunately yesterday their streams for whatever reason weren't working you would open up a window it would run an ad and then sit there blank for 10 15 20 30 minutes even and twitter started to go crazy people on twitter if you looked at if you searched tsn and march madness you would see tweet after tweet after tweet saying you know why aren't your streams working where i'm trying to watch this i'm paying to watch it because you have to log in to watch content on tsn.ca you have to have been subscribed to bell or rogers or shaw and so the fact that they couldn't get that content caused this mini twitter uproar the problem was that at the exact same time tsn's twitter handle is posting little seven second video snippets and and updates about how amazing the games are oh it's a really close game between michigan and auburn or whoever was playing and the, and they uh, you know a seven second vignette of a of a dunk and people are like hey you're clearly on twitter we know you can see this but nobody in the entire 24 hours since it since this tournament started yesterday, has from TSN's handle even addressed that their streams didn't feed all yesterday afternoon. Mm-hmm. People in this day and age don't accept that. That is single-handedly enough to really sour people's perceptions of a brand. So if you're gonna monitor social media, especially for customer service purposes, you have to be willing to engage and you have to be willing to be honest and human when your brand disappoints or lets people down. Now there's obviously 
a degree. You can only go so far. I usually advise the rule of three. If you're dealing with somebody who is unhappy, you, 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 you apologize and try to make amends. They answer. You reply back. If they answer a third time, your final message is, you know, for any further discussions or insights or questions or concerns, please contact us directly and you give them your email address. But you can't engage trolls in this endless battle where they're just looking to drag you through the mud or paint you into a corner where you say or do something that is is off brand because you know that's a risk and so tsn yesterday all people i think would have i would have accepted was you know sorry that our feeds aren't working we're actively looking into them to try and get them back up as soon as possible even that would have been an, enough of an acknowledgement to know okay at least we know they're working on it text problems happen it happens to all of us we get it but to not even acknowledge it while people are complaining and then more so to keep tweeting every two minutes um, I think was a really bad example of, of, of customer service on behalf of TSN. Yes, that, uh, that is a, a great example of how monitoring also has to be used for adaptability. I mean, internally, uh, obviously TSN, I would assume, knew that their systems were broken and so they didn't need to monitor the internet for that. Um, but nonetheless, that is a point where in TSN's example, and of course we you know, only know our side of the story or what we ha have seen, uh, which is uh, no response uh, from TSN. Um, but at that point, that's when you would stop your uh, your social media engagement and say, "Whoa, we have to stop these tweets we're sending out. We have to uh, then deal with, I wouldn't consider this a crisis, more of an issue, um, and deal with these issues first and uh, or maybe adapt our, our strategy. And yes, we'll pump out all the cool stuff that's happening, but we really have to care for our customers who have paid for this and and that's um when you're when you're advertising on an international stage or you're you're doing content on uh even a national stage it's really important to monitor what's going on in the different markets of a, a country or uh, a territory or a, a continent um you could have floods in the south um, but clear skies in the northwest and uh, of a country and without understanding or listening to uh, the news or what's happening in your markets you could easily send out offensive messages which in tsn's case they didn't send out offensive messages uh they didn't send out any messages which was the offensive part uh so yeah, that, exactly. that's a great point and, you know you know like you don't have to have subscribed to a multi-thousand dollar per month monitoring tool to be able to monitor that you just have to be there and be aware of it um in this day and age there's no excuse for not realizing um that people are complaining or critical about your brand it's it's great to use media monitoring tools to, to, to benefit your brand but if, if you're finding that people are having an issue that the human thing to do is to uh is to acknowledge it yeah absolutely um one question I want to ask before we wrap up here, which is if a company has listened to this podcast or they've been thinking about monitoring, they're thinking about digital monitoring, um, what should they consider about getting uh, before they get into the monitoring game? And maybe what are what are two or three steps uh, or two or three uh, things they should consider um, when thinking about social media monitoring? Yeah, so the, the, the best advice I would give is to say, are you trying to build a house? Like, what are you trying to do? If you just want to subscribe to monitoring because you want to know what people are saying about your brand, that's too vague because what you'll find is that there are tens, 
dozens, hundreds, thousands, maybe millions of mentions about a product or your brand, um, and you won't know what to do with all that. Um, so the first thing I would say is have a strategy. It seems odd. I, I can appreciate you don't know what you you don't know what you don't know. Uh, but with that being said, are you using it for customer service? Are you using it for marketing? Are you using it for community management? Are you trying to do ad buys? You know what is it you're wanting to do with the, the social content or media content that's out there? And then having identified that, step two is to find the right tool. Any sales rep at any company is going to tell you that their platform or their portal, regardless of price, is the best one on the market for reasons A, B, and C. But that's like me saying to you that this hammer is the best one because it's amazing. Well, the hammer may be amazing, but if I'm looking for a screwdriver, it doesn't matter if it's the most amazing hammer in the world. It's just fundamentally not going to do what I need it to do. And so if you have a strategy in mind and say, look, we're looking for a platform that's going to allow us to more effectively community manage our social properties, then look for a platform that allows you to do that for a relatively you know, low cost or whatever is within your budget. The third piece I would say is, that, is to also allocate appropriate resources. I can't tell you the number of times we meet with directors or VPs or CEOs who think that they're going to have the bandwidth or time to do this. The platform is sold to you as being a big time saver, but it still takes time. Even the most effective tools out there still require manpower and human analysis to be able to gain any sort of actionable insight from them. And if you don't have somebody in place to do that, then you're just going to be wasting your time. Now, if you're a small business and you don't have the financial resources to hire or dedicate somebody full time to that sort of social media monitoring and community engagement or whatever your strategy is, the good news is there are a ton of companies out there that do it for you. Um, if it's important enough to you and you have a strategy, whether it be ad buying or SEO improvement or what have you, there's a lot of companies that you can outsource that work to that are going to do that on your behalf. Um, but if you do have the bandwidth or the capabilities to bring it in-house, just make sure you have somebody in place to do that and preferably not a student intern that you've just hired for three months who's going to, at the end of that three months, be you know, the primary go-to person for your community and, and you're managing all of your content and everything and then they up and leave at the end of August and you're left in the lurch. Um, you know, find somebody that you think is going to be able to be there long term, whether it's through an outsourced contract or an internal hire, and and you know, keep, treat them as you would a marketing director or a, a, an account supervisor. That's great, uh, Cam. I really appreciate the time today. Um, I know you've worked with some gigantic brands uh, on your social media mar uh, monitoring and media monitoring in general. So your wisdom uh, is, is highly uh, appreciated. Uh, how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, so there's a couple different ways. Um, I currently work with Cision. I also uh, am self-employed uh, through my own consultancy. So the best way to look me up is just straight through LinkedIn, uh, linkedin.com slash camsteed, C-A-M-S-T-E-E-D. Uh, find me there. Reach out to me through there. Uh, Twitter as well, same name, at camsteed. Um, if you're able to connect with me through those channels, let's have a conversation. Always happy to help out people looking to learn more about this. I can accept that I have the benefit of living and breathing this every single day. And so the unique knowledge set that I have is, is something that a lot of people enjoy tapping into and bouncing questions off of me. And I'm always happy to do that. So uh, LinkedIn or Twitter is the best way to get in touch with me. And, uh, and thank you very much for the opportunity. Uh, I, I hope it was helpful. Yeah, great. We'll talk to you soon, Cam. Thanks. Take care. 
Thanks for tuning in. I hope you found that podcast useful and helpful. If you have any questions or you want to follow up, please tweet us at the burning bird. Otherwise, you can send an email to powers that be at the phoenixgroup.ca. Really appreciate your listening to this podcast and we'll catch you on the next one.